As vegan and plant-based business owners and entrepreneurs, we're often adapting to a new reality. This new podcast series from Vegan Mainstream is an opportunity to help you when it's time to pivot. These interviews will come from inside and outside of our community, and I hope as your host, Stephanie Red Cross West, I can inspire you and give you the tools that you need to move forward. Hello, everyone, and welcome to our next interview. Today, I have, I would dare to say, a friend on the line with me where it's really a great opportunity for you to learn a little bit about her background. Debbie has a very unique kind of perspective that not only does she bring as far as her career on the work that she's done in the school board, and I won't spoil it yet. I'm going to wait until Debbie gives you a little bit of background on that, but also the great work that she's doing right now, whether it's through cooking classes, coaching, training, and really supporting people who have chronic diseases, helping people through some of those transitions, some of those challenges, and helping them understand how a whole foods, plant-based diet, lifestyle, and approach can really be something that can turn around some of the challenges that they're facing. So today we're going to spend a little bit of time getting to know Debbie. um, And I hope you guys enjoy her background and just her personality and total flair that I enjoy as well, Um, as well as really digging into and understanding what it's like to coach and help people with chronic diseases. And I think it's going to be a great opportunity for everyone to tap into Debbie's expertise. So if you're watching us live or joining us live, please use the comment box to either tell us you love what you're hearing, to ask a question, or to interact with Debbie. It's going to be a great opportunity for that. If you're watching this as a replay, no worries. Post it in the comments and myself or Debbie will come back and check it out at a later date. So without further ado, let me welcome Debbie. Hey, Debbie. Hey, Stephanie. And hi, everyone. Uh, You know, this is just a great opportunity. And Stephanie, I always love meeting or meeting with you. And um, uh, the very first time we met, it was just like a, a golden opportunity. And every time since then, it has been wonderful. So thank you for this opportunity. Absolutely. I love being able to kind of introduce everyone to all the great work that you're doing that maybe hasn't interacted with you yet. I know the people that have know how much we love you and all the great work you do. So let's kind of unpack a little bit of your background. First, let's talk about how long you've been vegan. And if you want to share anything about your vegan journey, meaning how you became vegan and what kind of kept you on this path. Well, it's been a long journey and it's been an up and down journey because back in the 90s, I was really looking at um, Dr. Ornish's work with heart disease. And he really was recommending a diet that was 10% fat. You know, that's the maximum 10% fat. So I was on this journey And um, I got rid of the animal products. And I don't know that I really knew how to balance a whole food plant based diet or a vegan diet at that time. And and I think that's important because a lot of people may be making that change. And as a food for life instructor, we always talk about how we balance that plate, you know, make it a power plate. 
So I don't think I was doing it then. And I went through a very stressful time, um, health issues, not mine, but family members. And I really just felt myself go down. So I started, you know, everybody said, well, it's not normal to have no meat. <laughs> so, you know, you're anemic. You got all of these things that we hear on a regular basis that yes. you are not eating healthy. But we know we are eating very healthy. But anyway, I probably wasn't at that time. So then I started adding the chicken and the fish. And I really was a chicken and fish type person. And then I started, um, and we're not into the fitness yet, but I have competed in many athletic competitions. We'll just say that. Um, I am not an athlete by any means, but I certainly am competitive. And, you know, if, if I got four or five um, trophies, they were probably for last place. But anyway, it was fun. And uh, but I say that, you know, in the competitive world and bodybuilding, they always talk about when you need all of this protein. So really, probably around um, 2003, I started adding more chicken to my plate. And um, interesting note, um, I started getting chronic back pain. And I really did not equate that to chicken. I was thinking it was years of high aerobic impact. And, you know, the damage that I have done you know, for hours and hours of being, you know, either a runner or, or teaching classes. Mm -hmm. So anyway, I remember in, around 2013, I had given a book to a girlfriend on how to reverse chronic disease. Mm -hmm. And it was really encouraging people to go on smoothies. And so she made a lifestyle change and started eating or enjoying smoothies. And then um, I started thinking, well, I wonder if this could help my back because, uh, you know, I had MRIs. They weren't showing anything. They were saying that there was just arthritis in my back. And so I really started doing these smoothies and I saw that the back pain was increasing you know, going down, mm -hmm. but I had not totally given up my egg whites because I was an egg white fiend. You know, there was no fat in egg whites. It's pure protein. I still have the bodybuilder mentality that I need all of this protein. And so finally in 2016 or yeah, 2016, I went off the egg whites. I went off you know, everything that had an animal in it, I got rid of. And praise God, the back pain is gone. Um, you know, now sometimes I will still exercise a little bit too hard and the back pain will say, hey, stupid, you know, let's ease it off some. But I, I am feeling great. And um, and I really think it was that transition. Um, but it it was a long journey from the 90s to 2016. It really was a, um, a different type of a journey for me. So sometimes it takes us slow people a little bit longer. <laughs> well, sometimes it takes everyone a little bit longer. But I think the key here is letting people understand where they want to go and then helping them through that process. You know, it's not necessarily about, you know, creating this 
overly aggressive timeline because we want people to be able to not only, you know, incorporate this lifestyle, but stay here. And sometimes if it's too rushed, if it's not kind of at the right levels. And then also, I think a lot of the work that you do, and I don't know if you want to speak about this, but when you're working with someone who has a chronic disease, you know, we really have to make sure that we're, you know, we're taking the right approach, that we're not just, you know, today I'm going to make all these changes. We really have to monitor it. We have to see, um, because a lot of people are on medications and other things that are altering things um, in their body. So I don't know, do you want to talk about kind of not just the, you know, we got some background on your transition, but the transition and how you've helped people um, through either reversing or better managing their chronic diseases? Yes. Uh, so Stephanie, um, I was the wellness manager for Polk County Schools for the better part of 30 years. And so I was really dealing with a lot of people who had diabetes, heart disease, cancer, and, you know, what can they do? And it wasn't like I was dealing with every single person, but certainly um, we had a population that I was seeing on a regular basis. And yes, the issue that I heard from so many people is that mainstream literature is not supporting our whole food plant-based lifestyle. You know, we have the American Heart Association and I'm going to hit them. You know, the American Heart Association professes, you know, that we can eat meat and it's just not true. If you, you know, Dr. Caldwell Esselstyn talks about if your if your house is on fire, you know, if you have heart disease, by golly, you can't be eating the meat. And if you are eating the meat, and when I say meat, I am talking about the animal products. But if you are eating those animal products, then you are going to be having complications later on down the road. You're going to still have stents. And one of the ladies that I was coaching, and she's a very, very dear friend, she had three massive heart attacks, you know, all in the same day, unfortunately. And um, she lived through it, okay. praise God. And, um, but she, you know, here I was talking about the whole food plant-based way and she was following the American Heart Association diet mm -hmm. and she was following it religiously. And I kept saying, we got to get rid of this. And she would get rid of some things, but she wasn't getting rid of all of them. Well, then she had two more stints. And she said that she will say to this day, the American Heart Association diet gave her two more stints. Well, the same is true. She is whole food plant based now and she is doing great. I mean, so praise God. She, and she is a firm, firm believer. But the same thing is true with diabetes. And we had a, a very strong diabetes program with the school board because we had a, an, a, you know, an extra large amount of diabetes in our healthcare program or our healthcare plan. So how do we curtail that? And that's part of the strategic planning that I've done over the last 30 years. But I say that because when you look at the American Diabetes Association diet, it encourages you to be low carb. Mm -hmm. 
And we know Dr. Neil Barnard, um, I call him my boss because I'm a food for life instructor, but Dr. Barnard is, um, you know, showed through his National Institute of Health study that you can reverse diabetes, type 2 diabetes. Um, and I'm going to go to our folks at Mastering Diabetes, Robbie and Cyrus, and they have shown that you can control type 1 diabetes through a whole food plant-based diet. So I say this, when you look at the American Diabetes Association diet, they are encouraging you to eat low carbs, to eat the meat, and we know, and also to eat the fat, the, you know, you can, you know, they say below 30% fat. Well, that is not going to be beneficial for somebody who has type 1, type 2, gestational, or any form of diabetes. So, you know, it, it truly, truly is looking at what our national societies are recommending and saying no. And then, you know, my challenge is I need to make sure I am up to speed on all of the literature. Yeah. And um, and this year, you know, I have been able to really get into um, reading. Yeah, the reading, the books. Um, I think I've done eight books already this this year. Wow. And, um, you know, it's just an awesome it's an awesome time. It's a strenuous time, but it's an awesome time to really dive into the education. And I love that, that you're diving into the education. Now, I wanted to take a few minutes and just unpack a little bit your role, because I want to make sure that people understood, you know, the work that you did in the school board, especially since maybe not everyone's as familiar with this role, um, because they may not have it in their districts or their counties and so forth. So do you want to just give a little background on how it came to pass and also, you know, what kind of even what your daily, weekly, monthly activities were, so people kind of get a sense of of that background. Okay, so um, back in 1990, our superintendent and our CFO, um, they actually came to me and asked if I would chair a committee that would look at um, how a wellness program would be for our district. Now, we are in Polk County, we are rural, rural, um, county in between Tampa and Orlando, just so you have the demo, um, the basis of where we are. Mm-hmm. And uh, for a long time, cattle and mining was, you know, our big industries. But our county is as large as the state of Rhode Island and larger than the state of Connecticut. So we are large. We have 170 schools right now in Polk County. And um, spread across this geographical area. So anyway, we're self-insured. And so we started with a, a basic program. And uh, and really, we looked at what are the healthcare costs and how can we make a difference? What is the strategic way of making a difference? Mm-hmm. And truly, heart disease is one of the main um, diseases I mean, it is the main. It, that's what's yes. killing the, the majority yes. of people. Uh, so I remember one time we had somebody and this was very early in the morning, you know, it was fasting before school started. But one time um, a lady had a blood pressure that was 240 over 120. Wow. And um, 
by chance, the the doctor that was over the lab that was doing our screenings, he was there and he was trying to talk to this lady and try to explain to her how severe this was Mm -hmm. and wanted to call an ambulance. She had nothing to do. I mean, she absolutely refused. So, you know, you're kind of stuck in a precarious situation. But I say that we were doing screenings and then we provided educations. And so um, that is also when we were seeing all of our diabetes coming to fruition, because we were um, if they um, if they um, their body mass index was high and if their fasting glucose was high, then the lab automatically did an A1C. And we saw that between prediabetes and diabetes, we were almost 49% of our population. So it was in 2003 that we started our diabetes program. And Mm -hmm. that's when I really had to start doing a lot of coaching. Now I had a great staff at the time, nurses, dietitians, exercise physiologists, and truly you know, when you look at a wellness program, ours was quite comprehensive. But then when you start looking at, um, you know, the ups and downs in the um, in the economy, we saw that. Um, and then as people would leave, um, the board was not willing to replace them because the economy was really giving us a hint. So wow. anyway, Um, I retired last year, but I have continued my lifestyle coaching, my health coaching, wellness coaching. And really, my focus are those people who have um, diabetes, heart disease, cancer. How can I help them? Because I have the experience that um, of working with those individuals, knowing what's going on and trying to help them. make sustainable gains as they're going through either treatment or trying to recover from treatment or just trying to make a change in their lifestyle. And of course, one thing I I did not say, um, a few years back, Polk County was given the honor of being the seventh most obese population in the nation. And so, you know, when you look at obesity and what are the diseases associated with obesity, that is alarming. And, you know, right now, COVID-19, Dr. Gregory, I was listening to his um, presentation this morning. He was on Rich Roll and he and Rich just really got into a great conversation on the pandemic. But really, um, the obesity overweight, just being a BMI of 28 or higher is going to set you up for six times more problems with COVID. So I say that you know, when you think about our population and we were the seventh most obese, we're probably not there now, but we're still close to it. But how do you help those people? Because they are the ones that are going to be the sickest with COVID-19. Yeah. And that's the thing is we really have to make sure that not only this information is out there, but like a lot of the great work that you were doing in the school district where people are detecting it early. People are finding out 
Um, what are some of their current health challenges? Um, helping people understand what resources are out there and where they should be acting. Because I think sometimes the challenge when we think about things like diabetes, when we think about some of um, the kind of illnesses that many people struggle with, if we have family members that have had it before, we kind of accept it as a norm, unfortunately. We start to kind of feel like, well, it just runs in our family. Right. And I'm hoping with some people maybe watching today um, that maybe that they'll think about it a little bit differently and realize that there are resources and there's help out there, that this doesn't have to be something that runs in a family and unfortunately can devastate a family. Um, so I'm really hoping that people understand that there are coaches, there are individuals like you that understand really what it takes and where a person is maybe right now. And especially like you were saying before, where they may have multiple complications, may have multiple kind of challenges, and how do they work through that so they're not as susceptible to other, you know, health challenges that we're dealing with right now, like COVID. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. And, you know, um, you were so right when you were talking about the um, genetic predisposition. And um, I heard that all the time. Well, you know, my mother had it, my brother had it, so I'm going to have it. But that is not the case. We can beat this. And heart disease, only 6% of um, of heart disease is genetically predisposed. And look, it is the number one cause of death and disability in our country. It is a lifestyle disease. And, you know, that's what we have to focus on. How do we change the lifestyle so we can prevent all of these complications or prevent the disease? Absolutely. Um, absolutely. And I think it's just one of those things I hope that Maybe someone's watching today or listening today and it gives them a little bit of a wake up call or maybe you have a cousin, a family member or someone else that could watch this today and realize that this is something they can take action on. Now, we always spend time during these sessions talking about the business side, because while I love we've been talking about your background, we've been talking about the help and the support that you've been giving people. But I also want to make sure we shine a little bit of light on the work that you're doing. Like you said, you retired technically, but now you have your own business. And let's talk a little bit about it. You mentioned being a coach, but can we give people a little bit more kind of background on what it's like to work with you and how you walk people through the process if they are trying trying to or ready to take some action on these lifestyle diseases? Well, uh, so let's back up to last year when I retired and I was going strong. I had several corporate accounts. And so I would, you know, as I said, I'm a food for life instructor. Um, Stephanie, I know you're familiar with that, but food for life is um, a program through the physicians committee for responsible medicine. And, um, we as food for life instructors, and I believe there's somewhere around 250 of us around the world. Mm -hmm. And so I feel very fortunate that I was selected to be a food for life instructor. So anyway, I, um, I had, as I said, corporate accounts, I was working um, with congregational health, there were several churches that I was going out. And when we do a class, we have, you know, many, many different subjects that we can teach on. But um, 
Dr. Barnard is basically doing a video and then the instructors, myself, will answer questions and talk about the transition from a whole food, from a um, animal based diet to a whole food plant based diet. And then we do a cooking demonstration. Now, one thing that I have always done with my food for life classes is I provide a full lunch or a full dinner when I'm teaching these classes. So it's very hard for people to get a good flavor with just a little bit of a taste. So I, you know, I was born in the kitchen, it seems, and I have my roots right here in the kitchen. Mm -hmm. and, and that's why y'all are here in my kitchen right now is because this is where I feel most at home. But anyway, I would do a full lunch, three to four different things, including dessert. And I would show them how easy this is because Truly, when you are making a meal for a large crowd and, you know, some of my classes were up to 20 people. Um, yes, some of the things were prepped ahead of time, but I did everything within a 20 to 25 minute period. And then while they were eating, enjoying their food, ooing and I, we were showing the video and, you know, with Dr. Barnard. So anyway, it was wonderful. And we had great success. The very first class that I had um, after my retirement from the school board, I had one lady lose 25 pounds in the first month. She got off her blood pressure medication. Wow. She was feeling great. And her um, her boss told me not too long ago that they're still doing this. They still ask, you know, what are you having for lunch? Now, was everybody, did everybody transition from, you know, animals to vegan or whole food plant-based? No. But how do you crowd that plate? How do you add more vegetables to your plate so that you are getting um, seven to 10 fruits and vegetables every day? And, you know, when we get seven to 10 fruits and vegetables every day, we will see our disease risk going down. We will see our BMI going down and we'll see all of those health parameters that are saying, hey, I'm getting healthy. I can do this. So, you know, that is an important piece. So last year I taught when I got the record from um, PCRM, um, I think I taught 52 different classes last yeah. year. And I know I had over 200 individuals in my classes. Now, some of them took multiple classes mm -hmm. and I enjoyed a seminar style class. I opened it. I either went to a church or I had people here in my house and I um, had up to, up to 15 people here where I, you know, started off with the seminar and then we came in and we cooked lunch. We enjoyed lunch, you know, spent an hour and a half enjoying lunch and talking about the process. I had people who were whole food plant based for years and they would talk about their process. So, you know, it really was a great support group. Yeah, I, love I love, loved it. I was going great. And I'll tell you about some community events we were doing, but you know, it all was at a great big crescendo. And I mean, it was just like, you know, how could I be any busier come March 1st? 
Yes. And then on March 15th, everything just shut down. (laughs) You know, it's a, um, and then that, that was a rude awakening. So, you know, how do you go from, man, I can't be any busier to what am I going to do today? <laughs> anyway, but um, you know what? It was a great learning process. And now I'm learning even more. So mm-hmm. um, anyway, it, it's been tremendous. But I think that's the key. We talk about that a lot on kind of this platform is, you know, those experiences where many of us have built our business or things were just creating such amazing momentum. And then when March hit, March 15th, those dates started to hit, you know, it really hurt a lot of businesses. It hurt a lot of, you know, hard work and people felt like they went backwards or it just felt like it just stopped. So um, I do appreciate you kind of sharing that story and then maybe talk a little bit about what you're doing now. What are you doing now as we're all still feeling it out because we're not all back to, I guess what some of us may call normal in a sense. So maybe talk about what you're doing in your business now or how are you continuing to help people even though the world has changed? Well, you you have um, mentioned pivoting. And so truly I've had to pivot. Uh, and I started out because nobody knew how long this would be. And, and certainly I was thinking it was going to be a short term thing. So I did educations and, um, you know, the Center for Nutrition Studies, I got that certificate. I have um, done many educations, many books. And then I started realizing this isn't going away. So I really have started the digital world. Excuse me. So PCRM, um, Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, Um, would never allow Food for Life instructors to do anything online because they wanted that in-person touch. And and that is critical. That is so and so important. But um, they finally allowed us to go um, digitally. And so I had to learn Zoom. And um, I really, when you are making food, and it is very important for people to see firsthand how to make food. And so how do I get that that cooking presentation front and center to people was a challenge for me. So I um, I did my first series of Food for Life classes in May. And originally I used my computer and I just faced the computer to where I was cooking mm-hmm. and um, it did not do the job, you know, and here I was trying to alter the computer, getting it closer and so forth. So I said, well, this doesn't work. So then I bought a small webcam. Now, Amazon and Prime Delivery, I know my husband thinks that I'm having some type of relationship with the Prime guy because he comes every day to the house without fail, rain, sleep, snow, or hail. But we don't need to worry about snow here in Florida. But anyway, Prime is here on a regular basis because I'm trying to figure out the digital world. Mm-hmm. So the webcam I bought, even though it was lighter and more flexible than the computer I had, it still did not work like I wanted because I want my food to be seen. Mm-hmm. And I remember one class I had made all of these preparations because I want to show people how they can prepare 
on the weekends for all week long. And they don't have to have the same exact food every single day. But if you do the right preparation, all you have to do is pull it out of the refrigerator. Also, you can make your a salad jar and all you do is grab that salad and go and you have your lunch already prepared ready and a healthy one that you can just and it's healthy yeah because so many people say well I don't have time to make these meals and then when I get home I don't want to eat or I don't want to prepare it it's easier to go through fast food or you know now they can stop and get something to go but that is not what we need to do that is causing all of our diseases and disabilities so if you take three or four um, hours over the weekend, you can prepare for the whole day or for the whole week. Have healthy, healthy meals, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. And that's what I like to teach. So I say that um, when I did all of this masterful prep and I wanted to show that to my class that was on Zoom, I couldn't do it because my camera just did not show the vibrance of the food. Um, It just did not do a good job. So now I am happy to say I have a brand new camera. And um, how does the photo look? Can you see things? Um, Stephanie, I'm counting on you because you're my digital theater here. Yes. And you can see good detail and good lighting. I think that's the other key that's going to be big when you're doing a, a cooking class. So yes. Okay, great. So anyway, we are learning how to do the Canon M50. If anybody is a pro at the Canon M50, please Facebook message me. Um, get in touch with Stephanie if you don't have know how to get in touch with me, but please contact me because I'm still trying to learn how to do this. And um, so, so I'm having um, new classes starting in August. But another thing that I have really been involved with, I said I um, do some community um, events. Mm -hmm. And um, so with the community, I involved with two different groups. And one is Chat and Chew More Plants. And this is a health advisory group. And they have been together, I believe, the last six or seven years. And every month they have a doctor, a whole food plant-based doctor um, speak. And so back in October, and these presentations are done via Skype. Okay. So back in October, Dr. Hans Deal was, um, came to Polk County through um, Chat and Chew. And I say that he he brought in a big crowd. You know, we had the a big a civic center over in Winter Haven, and we had about 250 people. And so um, in January, Dr. Jamie Delaney, and I don't know if everybody is familiar with Dr. Delaney, but she is a cardiolog- plant-based cardiologist. And she's from South Florida. So she came up and she did a presentation. And um, this was one that also had a dinner with it. So it was the dinner with Dr. Delaney. And I actually got to prepare the meal and do a cooking demonstration for everybody who attended. So that was super, super great. 
And um, then another group that I work with is Poke Wellness Professionals. And this is a professional organization that I founded back in 2011. And um, we were, we had Dr. Michael Clapper in February of this month. And then we had Dr. Michael Greger scheduled for March 25th of this year. And so we all know what happened to poor Dr. Greger. So, um, but anyway, we, um, we got a lot of sponsors for this. And I was one of the sponsors for, um, you know, both of these events. But um, when I said that my my momentum was really building. I had um, a big, beautiful display at um, the college. We, um, Florida Southern College was where we were holding these events. And we had over 500 people for Dr. Clapper. And we were well on our way to 1,500 people with Dr. Greger. And of course, it had to be canceled. And, you know, the shutdown was very new to everybody. And when when we got that notice saying that we had to cancel it, and that was probably two weeks beforehand, or maybe 10 days beforehand, it was just crushing. I mean, totally, totally crushing. But we had to do it. And Um, that was the unfortunate part. So now this week, I'm actually interviewing on zoom, Dr. Greger, and we're going to have a community event in September, and it's going to be a Zoom, and but we're going to have a panel of local speakers, and then we're going to play Dr. Gregor's interview. Um, it's going to be a question and answer interview. So I'm excited about it. I'm excited about Thursday, and I want to make sure my camera is working. So. <laughs> No, this is great. I'm glad we got a little bit of practice in today. Exactly. exactly. It's great to hear all the just wonderful work that you're doing, not only with individuals, not only in the community. And also it's great. I'm glad you shared the numbers with us because it's nice to hear how many people are paying attention, how many people are showing up. Um, It really gives not only kind of a good perspective on the need and slash demand, for a lot of this information and this knowledge and the momentum that, you know, you and others kind of out here in the community, um, how much people have been working hard to really support and be there for people. So it's just been wonderful chatting with you, Debbie, and learning a little bit about you. Even I learned a few more things um, that you're doing and working on um, as well as I hope as people listened and watched us today, they were a little bit inspired. They were a little bit, Um, you know, feeling kind of revved up and understanding not only the possibilities, but also maybe if someone needs help or is looking for support, um, they can work with you, whether they're local here in the area, um, you know, or even um, just want to give you a call or reach out to you. I think that would be great. So Debbie, thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you very much. And thanks for everybody who was um, with us. Absolutely. Well, thanks, everyone. If anyone does have any questions after this session, please, as always, post it in the comments. We love having these and hosting them on different platforms. So we know everyone loves to watch where you like to watch. So let us know. Give us those thumbs up. Give us those likes. Um, Let let us know that you enjoyed today's session. And also post comments because even after we go live, we love to be able to support you and make sure you have the answers you need to so you can move forward. All right. Take care 
everyone. Thank you once again, Debbie, for being my guest today. Thanks, Stephanie. Take care. Bye-bye.